Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I'm your host, Daniel Ocho. In this week's episode, we are going to be breaking down the Week 18 NFL betting odds. We made it here, the final week of the NFL season. It's been a long year, a fun year, but there's only a few weeks left of betting on NFL football. So let's jump right into our picks for this week. begin as always with a brief recap of our prior week's picks and this was a good one uh, we had a nice week of picks uh, 3-0 and on the slate uh, maybe would have been 4-0 and we don't know because of the tragic situation in the Bengals Bills game ultimately cutting that game short uh, but I gave you guys the Raiders plus four a pick that somehow miraculously still managed to cover despite the Raiders effectively trying to lose on purpose by benching Derek Carr I gave you the Seahawks minus one and a half a bet that looked Really good from the jump, really. The Jets didn't really show up. Mike White looked uh, like it was his pumpkin game. The guy just turned into a pumpkin before our eyes, which is something that just happens a lot with some of these guys who uh, are not high draft pedigree, not uh, highly scouted players who, as the season progresses and as they're more exposed on tape, we start to see them have these pumpkin games. So this was one of many pumpkin games over the next couple of years because he's going to kick around the league for some time. Uh, but the Jets don't really put up much of a fight. Now they are on the outside looking in of the playoffs. Uh, then finally, I gave you guys the Saints plus five and a half. They end up beating the Eagles outright, putting up an impressive performance for a team that I kind of thought had quit on the season. Uh, Dennis Allen looks like a guy who could potentially go eight and nine in his first year as a head coach for someone who has gotten as much flack as he's gotten for being a bad head coach. Uh, if you look at what is going on with that Saints roster uh, from a cap situation standpoint, from a losing Sean Payton standpoint, honestly, a pretty impressive result for uh, Dennis Allen this year. So those were our picks this week. I gave you guys the Bengals plus two and a half. Who knows whether that game even happens at this point. Truly the most bizarre and, and insane situation I've ever seen in my years watching football was that Hamlin uh, play where he dropped down going into cardiac arrest on the field. A tragic situation for the league, for the NFL, and just a bad situation overall. Not something you want to see happen before a national audience, obviously. Uh, and now, on top of the obvious human implications of this, we run into a situation where we may not see perhaps the most important game of the entire AFC playoff picture ever being played. So, unique situation. Hopefully, thoughts and prayers with the Hamlin family, uh, and hopefully he makes a full recovery. But let's jump into our Week 18 NFL betting picks. So let me start this off by saying I apologize for my voice here. Uh, this is my third time recording this episode. I believe I may have COVID. This is my Michael Jordan flu game, and there's no other alternative but for me to go 18-0 uh, or 17-0 or however many NFL games there are this week undefeated. This is my flu game, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do my best here. We start off with the Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the line in this game is Chiefs minus 9.5. Uh, the Raiders I thought were dead, right? But then they ultimately put up a really impressive effort with Jarrett Stidham at quarterback, uh, taking the Niners to overtime. Uh, the Chiefs need a little bit of help to get the one seed. It's really hard to even talk about what the machinations of the Chiefs getting the one seed or the Bills getting the one seed or the Bengals getting the one seed are right now because we're missing a key integral game, how those things will play out. Uh, that Bills and Bengals game gets kicked, maybe played week 19, not going to be played this week. Who the heck knows at this point? To me, this just feels like a situation where the Chiefs are not going to want to take their foot off the gas because they don't know whether they'll actually have that opportunity for the one seed or they can lose it. 
So they need to put a hurting on a Raiders team that in all likelihood may be overvalued by the betting public this week, coming off an impressive showing with Stidham taking the Niners to overtime. A lot of times when you make that major transitional uh, move, like a new quarterback or, or a new head coach, we see teams come out of the gate hot uh, and respond immediately, only to then have things sort of fall apart as the season progresses. So I love the Chiefs minus nine and a half here. Uh, the Raiders, to me, are a team that's falling apart before our eyes. And I'm not going to bet on Jared Stidham for the rest of the year, no matter how impressive he looks in his first start. So give me the Chiefs minus nine and a half. Next up on our slate, we have the Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The most important game of this Saturday, uh, a win and you're in situation for both a Titans team that is reeling and a Jaguars team that is hot as a pistol. The Jacksonville Jaguars are all of a sudden a real maybe deep shot, long shot contender to play in the AFC title game. Who knows? Their defense is playing extremely well. Uh, their quarterback, their generational franchise guy, a quarterback who looked like a spaz, like a space cadet for the first year and a half of his career, all of a sudden looks like a world beater. looks like the guy who led Clemson to a million national titles and didn't play a meaningless game in his four years of college. Trevor Lawrence is the truth at this point. Hard for me to bet against him here, uh, despite all of that, uh, and despite the fact that the Titans, I don't know what's going on with them. They've been in a free fall for the last month and a half. They fired their GM. Their quarterback has been injured, done for the year. Uh, Derrick Henry, done for the year. And now we're in a position where, despite all those things, they're in a place to play for that divisional title. They have a chance to win the division. I don't even understand it, really. The sky is falling, and somehow uh, Mike Vrabel has his guys in a position to win that game and maybe get to the playoffs. I don't see how they do it. I don't see how they ultimately get over that hill, but I wouldn't be taking the Jaguars here minus six and a half purely because Rabel has his guys playing tough. They played a Cowboys team that to me was always uh, much better than this Titans team. This whole season, they've taken care of bad quarterbacks. Maybe the Titans found something in Josh Dobbs, a guy who'd only thrown 17 passes before last week, but actually looked rather impressive against one of the better defenses in the NFL. I think they're going to compete in this game. They may not win it. They may not ultimately put it all together, but it's a divisional matchup. It's Saturday night football. The Jacksonville Jaguars haven't played a primetime game in like nine years, so maybe they feel the pressure here and don't cover that six and a half point line regardless feels like a trap i'm taking the titans plus six and a half i could see this line climbing to seven or even seven and a half and if i can get it to seven and a half i'm slamming it every which way divisional matchup i love the titans here give me the titans plus six and a half gonna be one of my big plays this week Next up, we move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Falcons are seven-point favorites here. Buccaneers have nothing to play for. They're probably not going to play any of their guys. Uh, looks like Tom Brady's not going to play. The biggest story out of this game looks to be Desmond Ritter getting maybe his final shot at showing himself to be an NFL starter, a guy who uh, should be handed the keys to the Falcons franchise. To date, he hasn't really done much to earn that moniker, to earn that title, but who knows? Maybe he puts on an impressive Matt Flynn-like week 18, week 17, last week of the season, master performance that gets him uh, the keys to the franchise here. I don't see it happening. Uh, he's kind of an older prospect coming into the league. Who knows how these things shake out? I'm going to be watching that, but other than that, I'm probably not even looking at this game, right? Over-under here is 39, just an ugly, ugly matchup. We're probably going to see some Blaine Gabbert versus Desmond Ritter football. Not my idea of an idea Sunday, so stay away here. If I had to pick something, give me the Falcons minus seven here. Not looking to bet on some of these teams that are basically quitting, basically rearing up for the playoffs. Uh, it's always a weird week this week of the NFL season because certain teams are not really playing for anything and others are kind of resting to, to get healthy for the playoffs. So it's a unique situation, something to keep in mind as you bet through these games. But in this game, I'm taking the Falcons minus seven. Next up, the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. Another game that's bizarrely impacted by the terrible situation in the Bengals-Bills game. 
the Patriots need to beat the Bills to have a shot at the playoffs. Uh, the Bills are nine-point favorites, um, or at least they were when the line opened. I don't even know how to prognosticate how to pick this game, given everything that's going on with this roster. Over-under in this game set at 43. Um, the Bills are coming off a truly traumatic experience, seeing one of their own players getting CPR, possibly losing his life. We don't know what the ultimate uh, ramifications of that event will be, but whatever it may be, uh, the Bills are obviously in a unique situation where they both need to win this game to maintain their, their hold at the top of the AFC. But on top of that, they obviously are dealing with things beyond football, beyond the game. So I hesitate to really make a pick here. I loved the Bills to smack the Patriots because over the last two years, that's all they've done. They've taken great joy in just putting a beat down on the Patriots, but that's not something we're going to see here. It's just not something I anticipate being the case given all the outside of football considerations going on with the Bills. So I don't really have a lean. I guess due to everything else, I would have to take the Patriots plus eight and a half or plus nine uh, begrudgingly just because of all the extracurriculars outside of football stuff that's going on with the Bills. I don't know how they can really keep their heads in the game at practice this week. So all in all, give me the Patriots plus eight and a half plus nine here. And once again, thoughts and prayers to the Hamlin and Bills family. Next up, the Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. The Bears are one and a half point underdogs. Uh, the Vikings one and a half point favorites on the road over under in this game set at 46 and a half. Uh, once again, Vegas just hates the Vikings. And with good reason, the Vikings get smoked at every opportunity. Every time they play a reasonable, decent, good team, they look embarrassing. I'm starting to worry that maybe we're all being tricked by this Vikings team in that every year we have a team that we sort of think we know what their deal is. We think that we know how they're going to collapse in the playoffs. We think we can write them off come playoff time. And last year for me, that was the Bengals. I thought the Bengals were extremely overvalued. I thought that they didn't really have what it took to make any sort of deep playoff run. Uh, and I bet against them every week of the AFC playoffs. And obviously that didn't turn out well for me. I'm starting to worry that that's this year's Vikings team that we think that we know everything there is to know about them. We think their offense is not that good. We think that Kirk Cousins kind of implodes on the road. We think that their defense really leaves a lot to be desired. We think that they can't really compete with some of the top dogs in the NFC. I don't know, man. Come playoff time, sometimes weird things happen. Uh, matchups come out and, and crazy stuff sort of unfolds, especially with the matchups in the playoffs. You could get hot. You can get two or three of the right matchups, and all of a sudden you're in the Super Bowl. I'm starting to wonder whether that's this year's Vikings team. They have all the talent defensively, all the talent offensively. Despite all their shortcomings throughout the regular season, this may be the team of destiny. I'm starting to worry about it because I really don't like to watch them and I don't like their brand of football. I like Justin Jefferson, that's for sure. In this game, I could see them losing to the Bears. I'm talking about how they could play for the Super Bowl, but they may lose to a Bears team that just got eviscerated by the Lions. They're one and a half point favorites on the road. Makes no sense to me. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Uh, the Bears, by contrast, their, their franchise quarterback can't throw for more than 75 yards in a game, which is sort of disheartening, I would imagine. Uh, Justin Fields has got to get it together. They got to get some offensive weapons around him next year because, dude, if you're giving the keys to a franchise to a quarterback, a guy, he has to be able to throw for more than 75 yards in a game in a divisional matchup. He can't do it. It can't happen. I get it. He ran for 200 yards. He got almost 250 total yards. But man, you got to throw the ball. It's it's football. It's American football. You got to throw the ball through the air. And Justin Fields has shown some limitations in that regard. In this game, I'm still going to take the Bears. I just want to fade the Vikings at every opportunity until the playoffs come where I'm sort of staying away because I'm scared. Uh, give me the Bears here. They're a prime teaser candidate, but give me the Bears money line. Give me the Bears plus one and a half. Next up, the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. 
once again, another game affected by that unique situation in Cincinnati. The Bengals are six and a half point favorites. This game could have been for the division. Who knows what the implication of that Bengals-Bills game are. I don't know whether this game could still impact who wins the division, the AFC North. At this point, I don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to be back. I don't know if Lamar Jackson knows whether Lamar Jackson's going to be back. The guy's just been off the radar for a while. He's playing for a contract, so I could see him slow playing it. They're already in the playoffs. Obviously, getting a divisional win is, is a big deal for the Ravens. Bengals are too hot right now. To me, watching that first quarter of the Bills game, I saw exactly what I needed to see to affirm my belief that this team is a real contender for the Super Bowl. As the winter month gets colder, a little more chill in the air, we see Joe Burrow constantly just get more impressive as a thrower, more impressive, more in command of that offense. He was hitting guys in stride, just trotting down the field against one of the league's better defenses in the Bills. I think that the Bills were going to win that game outright. So now we have a situation where they're coming off a weird emotional situation in Cincinnati. They host the Ravens uh, for the division. Maybe, who knows? Uh, six and a half point line. I like the Bengals here. The Ravens are kind of bad. They're, they're sloppy. They're, they're not good. Uh, I don't see how they can keep up offensively with this Bengals team as they continue to roll through the AFC in the winter months. So give me the Bengals, minus six and a half here. Next up, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Denver Broncos. This game is, I don't really want to watch it, right? Uh, the Chargers could move up to the five seed if they win. Uh, the Broncos, they have nothing to play for. I guess they, they want to show that Russell Wilson isn't washed, maybe? I don't know. The Chargers are three-point favorites, over under a 40 here. I'm starting to wonder, same things I said about the Vikings, whether the Chargers are that team in the AFC, whether they're the team that everyone sort of wrote off because their coach is a bit of an idiot and their offense coordinator certainly doesn't know what he's doing uh, and their defense kind of stinks. And now all of a sudden we look at the last month, their defense is really, really hot. One of the better defenses in the NFL. Turns out having Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack is a pretty good combination and Derwin James. That'll win you some games. Uh, and now we see Justin Herbert just doing freakish things every week. So if they're going to have those guys defensively, this stars and studs approach, and all those guys are going to be healthy come the playoffs, all of a sudden they're a little bit more difficult of a prospect. I know I'm prognosticating about the playoffs because, frankly, there's not a lot at stake in this game with the Broncos. I think the Broncos want to go out uh, on a high note after uh, competing a little bit with the Chiefs. They're 4-12, and man. They, they don't want to go 4-13. and That's just a disaster. I mean, the season's already a disaster, but... You can't convince me that the Chargers are that much better than this year's Broncos, honestly, despite their completely opposite records at this point. So give me the Broncos plus three and a half here. Uh, if you can get it at three, I'm still going to take it, but I love it at three and a half. Next up, our sicko game of the week. It's not a dress, it's a kilt. Sicko. This week's sicko game of the week. I'm not going to waste too much of my breath on this one. The two 13 and one Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. The line in this game is Colts minus three Texans playing for Bryce Young. Bryce Young, come on down. Just get your, your suit outfitted for Houston. Start looking at houses because there is no way the Texans win this game. Uh, They're not going to try. If I were Lovey Smith, I would essentially run out like a peewee team just so you lose because you need Bryce Young. You need the franchise guy there. You need to do whatever you have to do. Uh, the Colts and Texans both coming off absolutely disgusting games. Uh, if you are watching this Colts-Texans game, you are an absolute football sicko. Uh, seek help. If you're not a Texans fan, uh, there's no reason to watch it. If you are a Texans fan and you see that they're winning, uh, I'm sorry. Close your eyes. Shield your eyes. They can't even lose well on purpose. Give me the Colts here. I guess I have to give a pick, right? So give me the Colts minus three and a half. I'm not betting on the Texans. Next game, the New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are, or they opened at three-point favorites. Now the line's even uh, from what I've seen. Line in this game's at 41. Uh, Skylar Thompson may be playing quarterback. 
for the Dolphins here because they're on the third string guy at this point. Tua, who knows when he's coming back. He doesn't know how to fall correctly, apparently. Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt almost every game now. He seems to be injury-prone himself. So we get Skylar Thompson. We get a Jets team that was kind of embarrassed by the Seahawks this past week. I love the Jets here. I loved the Jets here before I even had an accurate understanding of how the Steelers would get in the playoffs. I'm a Steelers fan. I want them to get in. I need them to get in. I thought that the Jets had to lose for them to get in the playoffs, but actually it's the opposite. The Jets need to beat the Dolphins this week, and I believe in them wholeheartedly. Uh, The Saleh era needs this as a stamp on a successful season for them, beating a divisional rival at home despite all the brutal quarterback play the Jets have gotten out of that position this year. Uh, going 8-9 is a major victory for Robert Saleh and this Jets team and shows everyone in that building, everyone outside, that the Jets are on the right path. At least that's my takeaway from this whole thing. So give me the Jets here to win outright. I, I love them this week. Um, if I can tease them, if the line gets up to like minus one Dolphins and I can get it up to seven or seven and a half and cross one of those key numbers, I love it. Uh, but I just love the Jets every which way this week. They're going to be one of my big plays. Next up, the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. I'm not going to talk too much about this game. There's really not a whole lot to say here, right? The Saints are at home, four and a half point favorites, over under in this game set at 39 and a half. The Panthers choke away a shot at controlling their own destiny to get in the playoffs. What a bizarre season for the Panthers. They fire their head coach. They cut their quarterback. They trade their best player in Christian McCaffrey. And the Saints are in a unique transitional era where they're running out Davis Winston to start the season. He breaks his back. Now they're running out Andy Dalton. Jameis maybe gets healthy again. Still doesn't play. No Sean Payton, weird, weird situation. Ultimately, they, they have a chance to win eight games, which to me feels like a victory given all the outside contract cap hell situation that the Saints have found themselves in over the last couple of years. I know they're not going to make the playoffs, but I love the Saints here. I don't know how the Panthers won seven games. I, I looked at that earlier today and it still melts my mind. There's no way that they're an eight-win team in my mind. So give me the Saints here, minus four and a half. They end the season strong. Dennis Allen doesn't look like quite the spaz that people thought he was two weeks ago. Next up, the Arizona Cardinals at the San Francisco 49ers. Over-under in this game set at 40. The Niners are 13.5-point favorites. Niners almost lose a tight contest to the Oakland Raiders at home last week or on the road last week. And now people are all of a sudden maybe wondering whether running your third-string quarterback is quite as sustainable as the Niners have made it seem over the past month and a half. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant for a reason, I guess. But despite that, the Niners are still scoring 34 points a game. Like, even games they almost lose, they still somehow manage to gut it out because Kyle Shanahan is a freak and can just hand off the ball to any guy off the street and get 200 yards. It's just ridiculous. They have Christian McCaffrey. They're playing for the one seed. They can still somehow win the one seed if the Eagles choke it away. And they have a lot to play for here. By contrast, the Cardinals are toast, and Cliff Kingsbury is looking at houses in one of the primary SEC schools because that guy may get fired. So give me the Niners here, minus 13 and a half. Cardinals seem toast to me. They're playing with their third string or fourth string quarterback. It's an ugly situation. Feels like Kingsbury's on the hot seat. Kingsbury's going to get iced. So I don't want to bet on this team given all those circumstances. Give me the Niners, minus 13 and a half. Next up, my personal favorite bet of the entire week, the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are six and a half point favorites. I love the Rams plus six and a half. I love the Rams to win this game outright. This feels like a screamer. I want to scream it from the rooftops. The Rams are going to win this game. The Seahawks are not going to close it out. This is such a prime Pete Carroll choke job candidate. And by contrast, the Rams have had a nightmare season. They have the most losses of any Super Bowl champion ever. They are a disaster. They couldn't find an offensive line to start the year. They had like 200 different guys play those five positions throughout the year. Now they have Baker Mayfield, the quarterback, a guy who wasn't even on their roster to begin the season. 
their best wide receiver out for the year, their best quarterback out for the year. Uh, They cut one of their star running backs from the Super Bowl run last year. Cam Akers quit the team and came back. Absolute disaster. Just a disaster of a season. And still... Last time these two teams played a couple weeks ago, the Rams players, defensive players, were like ready to fight on the field. They were so fired up, so fired up to stick it to their divisional rival. It's something personal here. Bobby Wagner, Rams middle linebacker, former Seahawk his whole career. He wants to go out with a win against his former team, playing spoiler to them, keeping them out of the playoffs. Sean McVay will have his guys up for this game. The defense hasn't quit, and Baker Mayfield is bizarre. He's, he's going for everything. The guy's going to be screaming. He's going to be planting flags on the field. It's going to be a Baker game. He's going to keep the Seahawks out of it. I can just feel it in my bones. I'm so sad for Geno. I'm so sad for the Seahawks team that I've rooted for all season, but it feels like a Rams game that they win outright and keep the Seahawks out of it. So, long story short, give me the Rams plus six and a half here. Give me them on the money line. Give me my biggest play of the week. Love the Rams. Next up, the Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Commanders. The Cowboys are six-point favorites on the road, and the over-under here is 41.5. I don't know what to do with this game. Divisional matchup. Cowboys don't really have too much going on for them. I guess if all breaks well for them, they can win the one seed. If the Eagles lose and the Niners lose, the Commanders are knocked out of the playoffs. Ron Vera didn't know that that was the thing that could happen, which was pretty embarrassing, but that's the situation at this point. The Commanders are knocked out. Cowboys can potentially play for the one seed commanders had a must win game last week and they played Carson Wentz which I don't know if you watch football the last couple years but that doesn't go well typically uh it does not bode well for your franchise if you're throwing Carson Wentz out there in a must win game now he's gonna play again against the Cowboys a Cowboys team that's out for blood that's out for the one seed I could see the Cowboys defense scoring a touchdown this week I say it every week but Carson Wentz is a big space cadet so give me the Cowboys minus six here I don't want to bet on Carson Wentz ever again. I'm looking forward to never having the opportunity to because some sick part of my brain constantly wants to bet on him. I, I still imagine that 2017 season where he was going to win MVP, and I just am drawn to, to gamble on him. So please, Carson, go away. Fade gently into that sweet night and give me the Cowboys minus six. Next up, the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Not a whole lot to say about this game, honestly, because the Giants are not going to play anybody. They have nothing to play for. The Eagles are at home. They need to win to secure the one seed. They are going to put a hurting on a second string Giants roster. I don't want to bet on the Giants first string players, let alone their third string guys. So you will not catch me dead betting on the Giants here. Give me the Eagles minus 13 and a half minus 14 over under in this game is 40 and a half. Doesn't really matter here because I'm, I'm not really touching anything other than the Eagles. Eagles are going to smoke this team. I think they secure the one seed and lock it up here. So give me the Eagles minus 14 and a half or 13 and a half, whatever you want to say. Minus a million. Give me the Eagles. This brings us to the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Cleveland Browns. Steelers are minus three at home over under in this game at 40. Steelers are all of a sudden possibly getting into the playoffs. I know it's impossible. Uh, We talked it into existence. I'm so happy at this prospect. Kenny Pickett does not know how to throw the football for the first three quarters of the game. Uh, But in the two-minute drill, the guy is just electric. He really knows how to sling it, and he really seems in command of the offense. He has grown before our eyes as a passer over the past couple weeks. It's been very exciting to see as a Steelers fan. He's still only throwing for 110 yards a game, which, you know, as I said before, now what you want. But I don't know. We're looking for positives here. They won two games in a row that they probably shouldn't have won. They, they gutted them out. Now they have an opportunity to win a game against their divisional rival, against Deshaun Watson, uh, league villain, not a good guy, guy who everyone should be rooting against to send the Browns home, you know, suffering, not having any bright spots on the year, despite trading a million dollars, a bajillion dollars, and a bunch of draft picks for a quarterback embroiled in a myriad of sexual assault allegations. 
and we don't want to give them that that delight. We don't want to give the Browns any positive vibes to go home with. This season, a disaster for them. They don't get to win. They don't get to play spoiler to the Steelers season. Give me the Steelers minus three here. I love this game as a Steelers fan. Uh, I'd start to be a little bit scared of taking the Steelers here if the line climbs to three and a half, though. That half point is the biggest half point to me in all of gambling. Three and a half to three is nightmare fuel uh, because it feels, this game at least, feels to me like a field goal game. If it's three and a half, even if the Steelers pull it out, you're, you're losing on that field goal on that half point. So uh, buy the hook if you can. If it gets up to three and a half, buy the hook, get it down to three. Give me the Steelers minus three here. Let's go to the playoffs, Pittsburgh. This brings us to our coverage king of the week. Hey, yo, lesson here, babe. You come at the king. You best not miss. Our coverage king of the week this week is none other than Aaron Paul Rogers. I don't know if that's the middle name, but it is today. Aaron Paul Rogers is our coverage king because all the guy does his whole career is cover games, especially against his divisional opponents. The man just kicks the piss out of his divisional opponents. Left, right, left, right. All he does is take care of business against his divisional opponents. He told the Bears fans he owns them. He certainly owns the Vikings now. Uh, They struggled against them earlier in the year, uh, get smoked week one, only to have Aaron Rodgers take this Packers team back from the dead, have them in a play-in game in the final week of the season. That brings us to our Green Bay Packers hosting the Detroit Lions on Sunday night football. Packers are four and a half point favorites over under in this game at 48 and a half. I've loved Dan Campbell since the moment I saw him. I've loved him since I saw him speak and have a press conference and he was super weird and really funny and a just big time football guy. And Aaron Rodgers is a big freak who I don't really like at all. He's a guy who said that the reason the Packers are winning now is because he's manifesting it, whatever that means. And now... I am compelled to bet against the manifester and bet against my king, my original coverage king, Dan Campbell. Unfortunately, I can't in good conscience bet against this dragon, this wizard, this absolute villain, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I have to take the Packers minus four and a half here because all Aaron Rodgers does is beat up on the teams in his division. All he does is cover on them. Uh, So give me the Packers minus four and a half here. And unfortunately, unfortunately for me, unfortunately for Lions fans, unfortunately for the league, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers going back to the playoffs unique situation here is that this game is being played on Sunday night football and because of the other wild card implications if the Seahawks win earlier in the day which as I said before I don't think that they're going to if they win earlier in the day then the Lions don't really have anything to play for they can't get in the playoffs anymore if the Lions beat the Packers and the Seahawks win then the Packers are knocked out so I guess they would have an opportunity to ice the Packers their divisional rival out of the playoffs which please I would love to see that Dan Campbell go ahead and do it I would have to imagine that Dan Campbell of all guys has his guys completely blocking out the noise, but who knows? Weird situation, kind of a dumb, dumb move by the NFL to schedule it this way because uh, we could have another situation like the Giants and the Eagles from a few years ago, Sunday Night Football to end the year where the Eagles lost on purpose. The weirdest thing I've ever seen, the NFL just let them lose on purpose. They put in their third string quarterback at the end of the game and didn't try to win the game, a very winnable game, and kept another team in their division out of the playoffs. Absolutely despicable act. Doug Peterson, I still haven't forgiven you for that one. Uh, And I don't want to see it happen here again. So let's all just hope that the Seahawks lose in the afternoon so we can see a Dan Campbell versus Green Bay Packers play in must win game to end the season. Uh, And let's end this football regular season gambling slate with a bang with some fun. Uh, Give me once again, the Packers minus four and a half here. I'm going to run through some of my picks here. As I mentioned before, the Rams are my big play of the week. The Steelers minus three are another one of my big plays by the hook. If it gets up to three and a half at three and a half, I'm not taking it. I'm staying away. 
Next, I have the Jets straight up to win even money there. Uh, no matter how high that line climbs, I'm going to love the Jets in this position. Feels like a great win spot for them. I also love the Bears money line. The Bears plus one and a half. Bears are going to play for something. They want to send a message. They want to go out on a high note with their quarterback who has looked rough at times. Uh, they want to go into the offseason with some positive vibes. And the Vikings are... I don't know. They're bizarre. Even when they have all their guys, they're not really competing in games. They're blowing games to teams they shouldn't be competing with, really. Uh, I don't like to bet on the Vikings. Uh, that may change over the next month or so. But for now, I want the Bears money line. So to close, Rams plus six and a half. I'm going to take something on the Rams money line. Steelers minus three. The Jets money line were on the spread and the Bears money line. Thanks, as always, for listening. I will be back next week with a full divisional Super Wild Card Weekend preview. Uh, my favorite football gambling weekend of the year is almost here, and I will give you guys all the picks ahead of next week.